I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny. Dana and Tom Green, and we are the Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Millsborough Football Club. Before I start, and I know I sound like a broken record on this, but if you can give us a rating or a comment on your podcast provider, please do. It uh, helps us get found, charted, uh, but also we just love to hear from you as well. Um, we love to know like, the podcast is doing well or what you like and what you don't like about it. Um, but then also we're going to be releasing our annual podcast and content questionnaire over the next few weeks um so hopefully you can let us know what you think there but anyway let's chat about the borough and well Middlesbrough suffered fourth defeat uh, in a row at home to Brentford who are now 20 games unbeaten in the championship table and moved to second in the championship table whilst Borough cling on to seventh place five points from the playoff places dinner it was a game of multiple chances <laughs> you can say that um, mistakes uh, a little bit of quality as well uh, but Borough end up being a four-one defeat. Um, how would you assess Borough's performance yesterday? It wasn't a performance that deserved a four-one defeat. I think the scoreline was quite harsh on Borough. I mean, if you weren't a neutral, you'd probably think that Brentford handed us our backsides and outplayed us all over the pitch. But the only really outplayed us in front of goal. And um, I mean, when you've got players like Ivan Tony, we could only dream of having a striker sitting on 22 goals at this stage of the season. They're by far the team's, uh, the league's highest scorers. It was probably always going to happen, unfortunately. I think um, in hindsight, the best we could have really hoped for was a draw from the game, similar to the Norwich performance, but it just wasn't to be. I mean, like you said there, we had our chances. We actually had six shots on target, the same as Bournemouth. We just... the the, the <laughs> The contrast in quality really showed, and that was the tail of the game. I know there was quite a few mixed feelings about the the game afterwards. A few people agreeing with Warnock that there were positives to take, and I I do agree. I think uh, the new players look good. 
they look relatively sharp considering, I mean, Balassi hasn't played since March. I thought he, he had a good game yesterday. Um, and we were creating chances, so there were definite positives to take. But there was a lot of, you know, when people were critical yesterday, they were really critical. But sometimes you've just got to hold your hand up and say that the best, the best team won. And they are a Premier League side, Brentford. If they were kicking it about in the top flight right now, I think they'd be kicking it around comfortably. So I think, like I said, sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and say that they they have quality, and it showed, and it did yesterday. And our lack of quality showed at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't disagree with anything that you said. There. I thought Brentford were were very very good yesterday and, and punished us when when they needed to. And Tom. Both managers alluded to it in the press conferences. Dana alluded to it there. Um, it didn't really feel like a four-one game yesterday. Obviously, with both sides having having six shots on target, and there was there was definitely plenty of chances made from Boren. Samuel could have had a hat trick yesterday, and Brick could have had a couple as well. Um, pretty much of an easy question to be honest. What did you think of the game yesterday? And do you think uh, that Brentford's ability to put away chances was was essentially the main difference? Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. They they were more clinical. Uh... And they're not where they are on the table for no reason. I think they proved it yesterday. I think it's it's one of those games where, like, like Dennis said, 4-1 didn't really reflect the game. Um, but there's still positives to take out of it. Um, I think the last time I saw a game like that at the, the Riverside where um, we lost, but you came away thinking, OK, we, there was good things coming out of that. I think it was the... The season Swansea got promoted. I believe the beat was four three at the Riverside, but it was like an entertaining game. Um, and that was, was under Tony of... Mowbray, right? That was under Tony Mowbray. I think Mowbray. so. Yeah, yeah, that was a really so. good game. That yeah, we were three. I, I remember well. coming, out, coming out the stadium at that point, thinking, "Okay, we lost," but there's there's plenty to be positive from that. And it was the same kind of thing yesterday. I was quite surprised um, we didn't line up the same kind of formation we did against Norwich where we just set out to nullify them. But even so, going forward against what I think is the best team in the league, we're creating chances. Um, you know, if Savile and Brits hit their shots anywhere else other than straight at the keeper, it, it could have been a very different scoreline. So I think one, one big positive from yesterday is we're not actually going to play anyone better than Brentford in the rest of the games this season. And you play like that against weaker teams, you're going to get goals. Yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was... that's it. Like, I... sorry, Danny. What... I was just I laughing because you know everyone was saying David Rea had a fantastic game yesterday, and he did. But I mean, come on now. Like, I think Savile, like one of Savile's chances was literally straight at him. And is it really a good save if it's straight at the goalkeeper? I was just scratching my head. There. I was just laughing. I was like, this is this is so boring. It's so funny. Like, you know, when it's so painful that you just have to laugh through it. Like, that's what it was yesterday. Yeah, it kind of feel like the, the tweet I thought was like, about, it was like, it really summed it up where it was like a lot of the chances were like, a yeah, oh, how did he miss that? He shot him. You like, can, I can like... hear that at the Riverside. I can hear the crowd just going, <laughs> eh, and the North stand, stands up and then they have to sit back down just as quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it's so true but like I think with, with those things though, they get more and more aggressive like the more misses and it depends who it is as well if like if it's Brit it's like oh. it's just so aggressive and if it's like say if it was like I don't know like Savile they go oh, it's, it's, it's alright but then it just gets more aggressive and then at the end of the, everyone's walking up and saying Savile never a footballer what is it what's it what did he bring to the team <laughs> 8 million 8 million 
Oh, don't, because we, we've, we've said that plenty of times on this podcast. It <laughs> really <laughs> is. But to be fair, eight million for George Savile is still not, it was still way too much what we paid yeah. for. Him. But I, I do like, I do like job. But it, to, be, to be fair, in, in that game, you both lose it really. Like, we created chances, and I think it was probably due to to our is our new Congo front line of uh, of Balassi, Coco Cabano, and uh, and Britta Sambalanga as well. But we definitely posed a threat to Brentford yesterday. And I feel like we had to play the way we did, um, just due to the how how expansive Brentford are as a team. They're always receptible to the counter attack because the they try and get bodies forward, they try and overpower you over the possession. But when you get them on a quick on a quick burst of a, a counter attack, you're going to create a good number of chances throughout the game, and they'll just try and outscore you anyway. So it always tees up to be an exciting game. But do you think uh, Balassi and Coco Cabana really? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I really need to stop saying that. It's in my head since Warlock said it. Um, I think Cabano and, uh, and Balassi posed a, re- a really good threat yesterday, Tom. I did, yeah. Uh, I was really impressed with um, with Balassi in particular uh, uh, after last week, where I said he was kind of he could tell he wasn't match fit and he was just he was an experience. He looked very good yesterday. It was kind of like it, it reminded me of uh, what Mo's first game compared to his second game because first game I was like, "Why wow, we've signed this guy?" and then second game I think he might have scored. And I was like, oh, "Okay, that's why." Um, <laughs> but Balassi, he, he, he was getting at the fullbacks yesterday. He had uh, a few decent crosses in. Cabano. The same, and and his set piece delivery was spot on. Um, I think one of our letdowns yesterday was Asombolonga not kind of being in the right positions for those crosses. And I've defended him on the on the podcast before, um, saying I'd rather we had had a striker who was in those positions to miss them uh, and finish kind of like two out of five or whatever. But yesterday he wasn't even doing that. Um, so I'd, I'd hope that the more they play together, if uh, Asombolonga stays in the starting eleven, um, the more he's going to kind of get used to being in those positions to to pick up the chances they're creating. Yeah, I'll come on to a Brit, uh, come on to Britain in a second. I think it was, it was. I think you, you're quite right there, Tom. I think there was obviously one chance in the in the sec- early in the second half where he hits it straight at the keeper from about six yards out, and but he's in that position to be there. But also when you look back uh, in the first half, there's a moment on. the or the 30th minute where Balassi gets the ball, he takes on his man, he stops the ball, pings it with his left peg, and it's just perfect to be for someone to gamble uh, in the box, because if he does gamble, it's like a header or a, maybe like a chest or something like that, and he, he's put it past down, down the rear, and then you won the up, boy. he just didn't gamble, or maybe he just didn't expect that good of a cross to come, a, to come across, but... It, it was a it was a strange one, uh, he, but it's 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 Brit like he's he's someone who people hate and some people like him. It, he's never going to have he's never going to have a ninety nine percent approval rate at the Riverside Stadium, is he? So, um, in all honesty, but let's 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 move on. And before we go on to the next question, Dan, I just want to push the the transfer window podcast that we did. It's on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to that already, uh, please do. We on the, on that video we broke down the new signings, how they might potentially fit, and we just give our opinion. So if you haven't watched that already pleased you after the pods um, but Dana speaking of new additions and I know I just mentioned it there um, do you think Bora fans can be excited with these new additions Daniel Fisher was very good last week Balassi was good yesterday Cabano was good Mendes Lang to come um, John Nacho of course is yet to make his debut but I'm assuming he will be fantastic when he plays um, well, he so played, what, what played do you think against of... Brentford didn't he? he didn't he didn't do anything bad there so League, yeah, league debut, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's that's see, that's what I mean. Like, I completely forgot that he played. <laughs> um, so, 
<laughs> are you excited by Borough's new additions? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we haven't really had much width. I'd say Albert Adoma and Adama Traore within the last six or seven seasons, even maybe going further than that. So it's plugged a gap, like I mentioned in the in the podcast about the transfer window. Um, it's something that we've needed for for a long time, and there's teething issues. I think, like we mentioned again, the fitness levels will really be um, important. So getting them really into the swing of the games and the consistency and the match sharpness will be really important. But Neil's got options done, and that's something that we haven't had. So it's fantastic to have players that are direct, pacey, out-and-out wingers as well because for a lot of the the past couple of years we've had wide forwards and and strikers playing on the wing like Bamford under Tony Pulis so we've just needed wingers and I'm I'm glad I think Tom Muldowney said it on Twitter he's glad that we've finally replaced Albert Adorma and the fact that we've got this abundance of of quality and potential now on the wings is is really good because we've needed it it's something that we've been craving for the last god knows how long so I think you know fans can be excited we do need to manage our expectations somewhat though because of the lack of match sharpness but it was a good game from Balassi yesterday and I think Cabano has a decent delivery on him he technically got the assist for the for the own goal, so um, there's there's promise there. I just I'd love to see um, Mendes Lang, and and you know hopefully they can they could be good signs for us because there's definite potential in that front line now. Yeah, it, it definitely is, but I also think there's the insanity side of things as well, where we're bringing in the quality now, and then we're still putting the ball in the right those areas, and the strikers aren't gambling on on that moment. But when we did gamble. We were very much rewarded with it, and with with Brit yesterday, Dan, do you think his form may may turn now that we've got that added quality on the wings? I'd hope so. I mean, he had the chances yesterday, and he didn't take them, which is why he does get the criticism that he does. I just hope that nobody gives up on him, and and that he he does get an extended run in the team with Balassi and Cabano in it as well. I don't think because of that game yesterday and the chances that he missed that we should just rip it up and and put Fletcher and and Akpom in. I mean, it's good that we have those two strikers breathing down his neck and and hot on his tail. I know that um, Fletcher is technically fit now. Um, He does need the the matches under his belt, but they, we have the players there that if Brit is you know has another bad game where he misses big chances that they're ready to take his place. So I hope he gets an extended run in the team. I think that with those players and the service that he has, hopefully in the next game that you know he can convert some of those chances. If he doesn't, I'll hold my hand up and say, you know, I was wrong about Brit. But I am hopeful at the moment. I think that give him an extended run in the team, give him more of a chance um, with the players in and around him, and I think we will start to see Brit get his mojo back. I think it's difficult. It's difficult. I think with, with, with Brit, a lot of fans have, have ripped it up and he was out the door essentially a, f- a few days ago as of last week. And I would have been happy with the move if we w- did switch it with the Adrian and, uh, and Brit as well. So it, it's, it's, it's obviously okay. the summer. He's a club as well. I can't see many clubs going in for him. Well, I can see clubs going in for him, but not on the salary that he's on. Um, and he still needs to put himself in the shop window and also try and improve his stock because, quite frankly, over the last this last season, he hasn't really came at the table as, as much as his previous seasons. But I think Fletcher is probably the main man I th- for me. I think he offers you a little bit more. But also with Britt, I think that maybe if we give him one or, one or two games, I don't see no harm in it, um, given that I can't really see us 
can't really see us going up this season, but playoffs can still be uh, a, a definite possibility. And we'll chat about playoffs now because looking back, you have both alluded to it. We've had we've had a lot of chances in the last game in the, in the last game against Brentford. We showed quality at time. We've got the added quality on the wings now with with Balassi, Cabano, Mendes, Lang, Watmore. Obviously, you can put Johnson in there, who was very good at the start of the season. Um, and Spencer's, of course, the the new boo boy. So, um, it's it's we've we've got plenty of options on on the, on the wings now, and that added quality that we we really have um, can really make a difference. But just before we we chat about Boroughs, just playoff hopes. Um, Brentford yesterday, Tom. Uh, now they're twenty games unbeaten. They look slick on and off the ball. Uh, Thomas Frank sides are, are, are definitely champions material this year, aren't they? It's yeah, incredible. absolutely. I think uh, when when you compare how they've looked when we played against them the other teams up there, Nor- Norwich and Swansea, Brentford are, are far away in in terms of quality from from both of them. I think I think they play better football and they create more chances and they're, they're much more attacking. Um, if if they were in the Premier League, they'd be fine. I think um, I think they are a Premier League team and. If they somehow manage to not go up this season, I'll be absolutely shocked because they don't belong in this division. Uh, you could see that yesterday. Yeah, just you said, just you tweeting at the end of the, at the after the forty sixth game, just saying I'm shocked. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, just a picture of that shocked Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was trying to have like dodgeball with like um the young the young commentator, I can't remember his name, the top mates. Um uh, but, Oh Pepper. Pepper somewhere. Yeah, and yes, of course, that's red. That's that's what I'd be you. <laughs> They'd literally be you at the end of the season. Oh god, uh, right. it's a ball strategy. <laughs> it is a ball strategy, but it, they are on an incredible run, but it can also go it can really go tits up. But um, on the other hand, Dana with, with Bora and I, we put the tweet up yesterday around Bora's playoff chances and whether it could be a possibility or not, and it was a really a, a bit of a split divide. To be honest, I was actually quite surprised by it. Um, I put a tweet out as well saying I don't think we'll go up, but the playoffs are still very much a, a very very good possibility for us. Then, I, on the other hand, I said at the top of the show that uh, Boy have now lost four defeats in a row. They've had one clean sheet in nine. We've got the third worst form in the league um, over the last six games. Is the playoffs still a possibility, even though the the stats look a, bit, a little bit bleak? It, it is. I mean, mathematically so it is. And whilst it's mathematically possible, anything in, uh, can happen in the championship. Our form needs to be sorted out. It's as simple as that. Only Huddersfield and, and Wickham have worse form than us in the last six games. So, you know, that needs to be ironed out. I do think, though, injuries and refereeing decisions haven't helped. I know I sound like Neil Warnock here, but the game against Blackburn, we should... You know, Jared Branthwaite should get a red card for that and it changes the entire complexion of the game I don't think we would have lost that had he got sent off um, and then you know, out of the last six games it's really only the Rotherham game I think that I look at that was a particular low point and we played awfully in that game um, so the Derby game is big for us You know, it's a, a brilliant opportunity to be able to get the run started and I know that Neil Warnock essentially said that the season starts next week because two tough back-to-back games against Norwich and Brentford I mean the fact that we got a point out of those two is pretty decent going I think considering that you know those the, the quality of those sides compared to ours um I still believe I think you know like I've mentioned before we've got the manager for it I think there's a lot of potential now in the attack going forward if those new players can get bedded in I really don't see why not um 
much depends on Agent Woodgate at Bournemouth. But I, I do think that there's there's chance there, there's an opportunity. Um, I know there's a gap that's forming now because of Bournemouth's win uh, yesterday over Itor Crankers Birmingham, but it's still possible, I think. We've got, we've got a decent run coming up. I know that on, on it's only on paper and football isn't played on paper, particularly in the Championship, but um, if we can get the rub of the green and, and a decent referee, I'm I'm pretty hopeful that we can maybe sneak it. Sneak him. Obviously, we'll come to Bournemouth and, and, and Birmingham in a second. But Tom, the, the obviously with the new signings, Dan is still optimistic that Borough can potentially do it and hopefully uh, get in the playoff places. But we've also got the likes of Tav, Fletcher, um, and Dale Fry to come back, and that'll hopefully boost things a little little bit as well. Could you think that could be the the turning point in the boost that Borough need to to get themselves over the line? Yeah, I suppose those guys will be uh, like new signings. <clears throat> um, probably especially Fry, because we do miss him when he doesn't play. Um, I think even though you can't be too critical of Dykestill yesterday because it was against possibly the, the, the best attack in the division, um, he's still, I wouldn't say, on the same level as Dale Fry has been playing at centre-back this season. Um, I, I just think we, we look a lot more solid when, when Fry is playing, so I'd be glad when we have him back, but also Tavon Fletcher. Um, if if you know Fletcher can pick up some of the form he had last season where we were scoring kind of quite regularly, um, and, and Tav, I'm not quite sure where he's going to fit now because we seem to have switched to a, a 4-3-3, um, and Cabano and, and Balassia, obviously based on yesterday, uh, proficient at creating chances so you might have to kind of slot into centre midfield at times or um, you know go go back to being the championship eye in Robin and cutting in from the right um, yeah I, I think once those players come back in addition to, to who we've already brought in there's there's no reason why we, we can't go on, on a, a good run and to reach the playoffs yeah uh, that's it I think, I think with Tav I think he's shown this year that He's so diverse and he can play in multiple positions and it might help him get, get himself back into the squad. Um, for me, we we all said that Tav is probably a, a right winger. I didn't even, I'm surprised I didn't even mention it on, when I was listing the wingers there. Um, but he is that someone who could probably fit into centre midfield if Savile's not cutting the mustard. And then also he can play on the wing as well and, and cut on the right-hand side. But I do think that right-hand side is probably his best position. Um, we might even see Borough move to a 4-2-3-1 and maybe have like Cabano, Tavin, Balassi behind the centre-forward and that will also be very, very positive as well. And we can also bring a Mendes Lang if needed to. Um, but let's, if, if Borough are to do that, Dana, um, we have to to get past Jonathan Woodgate, Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> last week you said that you wouldn't be surprised uh, if if Jason Tindall got sacked. You even quoted him the the Frank Lampard of the Championship, and he is <laughs> funny enough the favourite to take over. Um, but he's he's played an absolute blinder. Jonathan will get hasn't he? He's came in, you know, he was there for three days, and now he's the, he's in the hot seat for for the foreseeable future. <laughs> he has to be fair. I mean, I feel like it was always on the cards and just. I don't know the the Birmingham, um, the Birmingham the Bournemouth fan opinion always pointed towards Jason Tindall's exit sooner rather than later. So, yeah, he has played a blinder. But 
Um, I, if he does get the time there, I think he'll do well. Like I mentioned, he, he wanted to play a type of football at Borough that he was never going to because of the players that we had. I mean, he has the quality to play that attacking football. Bournemouth already play out from the back, um, which is what Jonathan Wigate wanted to do at Borough. But, I mean, we have Ryan, we had Ryan Shot and Daniel Ayala, so we were never going to do that. So he's got the players there and the quality there to be able to implement the football that he, that he wants to. Um, whether or not he'll get the opportunity, probably not, because I think there's a lot riding on Bournemouth going up this season. You know, we've known ourselves that if you don't bounce back straight away, you can be plunged into the Championship for many a season. So um, they will probably go with somebody more equipped. Um, at getting them back up straight away but you know good luck to him I think he's he's obviously a, a knowledgeable guy if you heard what he said about Anil Danjuma after the game you know he, he's done his scouting at Liverpool and um, you know he, he's very knowledgeable so I think he you know he's a he's a manager with potential he just needs the right materials around him and the right experience around him to be able to um, get the best out of the football he wants to play but um, I just hope that he uh, you know when we when we play them at the vitality that um, if he is in charge, that he, he he helps us out a little bit and gives us the three points. Yeah, well, uh, he uh, he definitely beat a borough old boy yesterday. Uh, with, mm. Without our crank as Birmingham too. Uh, Tom, I was Birmingham uh, now in the bottom three um, for the first time this season. Um, can this can crank the side go down? Maybe it's unheard of really for a crank side to do so poorly. But do you think his his side's going to go down as well? Um, I'm not. Too sure if, if there will, because um, anything can happen between now and the end of the season. He might not even be in charge by the end of the season. But with the way they're playing at the moment, they, they're they there on merit. So it, it, it's definitely possible for, for them to go down. Um, I never thought it'd see it. Uh, I'd, I'd say when, when he took over at Birmingham at the start of the season, I was thinking more they're going to be competing with us for a top half finish, but I didn't expect to see them doing so poorly. Um, so yeah, it's definitely possible they go down. Yeah, he's he's still standing there. Oh, Kranga, I don't know how though. Um, you never know; he could potentially go at the end of the season. But well, let's let's move on, guys. Let's chat about Derby County, and we'll be hoping uh, that. Karanka will be hoping that we do him a favour next week when Borough go to Wayne Rooney's Derby County. The former Man United and England all-time goal scorer has had a good start to management with winning 40% of his games um, as the Rams manager. I uh, appreciate he did retire when George Savile uh, megged him and ran him out the game at the home fixture. Um, imagine being you know, the all-time England goal scorer, having all the medals, winning all the trophies and getting retired by George Savile. Um, so let's pass the mic over to you guys and let's break Derby County down. Well, I've got a bit of form breakdown for, uh, for Derby. Uh, over the last five games, they've only actually lost twice. Uh, however, it was both to the same team. It was Rotherham uh, at 1-0 at home and 3-0 away. Uh, but sandwiched in between those losses, they had three consecutive 1-0 wins uh, against Bournemouth, QPR and Bristol City. Um, so they seem to have a little bit of consistency there with their 1-0 wins, unless you're a club called Rotherham. Um, so who, who knows how it's going to go for us. Yeah, I I had to look at that. Obviously, their last game against Barnsley was postponed because of a waterlogged pitch um, at Orkwell. I mean, that could either go in Derby's favour or it could work in Borough's hands because I think they signed four players on deadline day. Um, so either the, the time of the training ground will allow them to really bed in those new players, but then at the same time, I think um, football matches... 
um, are the biggest settling aids. So it could work in Moore's favour. We could see the the new boys, if they do play, not really bed into the Wayne Rooney way um, yet. But, you know, I, I always identify Starman from uh, the opposition. I think the Starman for Derby is Colin Kazim Richards. Um, five goals this season. Sorry, I, I just feel like I went in the time machine back, back, back in 2003. Years, you know, yeah. Back in 2003, yeah. It is a very weird name, isn't it? That's, that's just randomly popped up in the EFL. But yeah, five goals this season, top scorer for Derby. Admittedly, they don't score too many goals. I think they're one of the lowest scorers in the division. But he is the focal point of, at uh, the focal point, should I say, of their attack, a big uh, imposing physical presence. Um, our friends at the Rams Review podcast called him a revelation for them this season. Um, <laughs> And, and Philip Koku actually, <laughs> Philip Koku actually started Martin Waghorn uh, this season, and he didn't play Colin Kazim Richards. Um, Wayne Rooney's come in and changed that completely, and Waghorn has been limited stars because of um, Colin Kazim Richards' form. Uh, but yeah, he's effective at that hold-up play, bring the midfielders and the wide players into the game. Um, so he's one to watch. Um, but when I was looking through their highlights and i know this is a bite-sized sample of their games um there were a lot of examples of maybe a little bit of an experience a lot of poor play in in possession a lot of players losing the ball in dangerous areas um the wrong decisions being made in the final third poor quality in the final third as well um and i looked at their average age the average age of their squad it isn't actually too young i think it's about 26 um but key components of it are quite young. I think Lee Buchanan, the left back, is 19. Max Bird in midfield is 20. Uh, Jason Knight is 20 as well, further up the pitch. And Wayne Rooney himself is is a new kid on the block in terms of management. So, um, although I'm not suggesting that those players that I've just mentioned there are bad, or that Wayne Rooney is a bad manager, um, but you know we've seen ourselves with Colson and Spence that inexperienced shows and, and mistakes are a part of their game. Um, so I'd say for Borough, put put pressure on Max Bird in midfield. He is. Um, replacing Christian Bielik, who's a massive miss for them. He's uh, he ruptured his ACL against Bristol mm. City um, and is out for the rest of the season. So, um, you know, put pressure on Max Bird, put pressure on uh, Buchanan, you know, Blassi, get at him, uh, be direct, causing problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, a massive, massive miss, uh, Christian Bielik. He, I think I was looking at his, the stats yesterday. He's made the second most forward passes um, out of any player this season, just behind uh, Swansea's Tom Carroll. And we know how Swansea play. They like to play with the ball. You know, they like to, um, you know, play that possession style and really um, take the game to opposition oppositions in transitions um so the general consensus from derby fans is that they miss christian Bielik. so i think target the midfield get at the the inexperienced players um and hopefully get three points yeah well it's gonna be a really difficult game and i think for for both sides it's, it's kind of like a must win really um there's derby need to get out of the the predicament that we're in but i do think that when rooney is going to be a very 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 good manager he's shown very small glimpses already the way he set this derby side up the way he's been able to get results because uh, they were dead and buried a few weeks a, a, a few weeks ago and he started to turn around and now they're out the out the relegation zone but there's still plenty to 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 ponder um and i think you'll do that on tuesday tom when you're on the rams review podcast as well um so you'll probably break that, that down as well but let's do predictions what are we feeling for the next saturday at the um, riverside sorry the pride park series. sorry they're just so similar they're just so you just never know you, you never know you never know. Well, um, love that dig there, Johnny. Love it. Yeah, 
know, yeah. But it, it is pretty much like a carbon copy, isn't it? You it know is. What I mean? It is. Just uh, we set the trend. Anyway. We set the blueprint. Set, set the blueprint. You know what I mean? Like it's it's practically the same stadium, so we should be we should be fine. You know what I mean? We should be like playing at the Riverside. <laughs> probably maybe like a little maybe a little bit warmer. <laughs> You're talking about you? Uh, yeah, Darby's Darby's is also very cold as well, which is quite nice. But uh, score predictions? Are we feeling optimistic? I don't. I don't. I didn't look into our head-to-head at um, Pride Park, which I probably should have done, because um, I remember games against them in the past. We've e- we've either fared quite well. I remember when uh, Patrick Bamford scored against them on St Patrick's Day. I was a part of that away end. It was probably one of my favourite away games. Um, so channeling the spirit of that. I think that game was 1-0, wasn't it? I'm going to go with 1-0, Borough. 1-0, Borough. Um, Tom, how are you feeling? Yeah, um, I, think I think I'm going to go with 2-1, Borough. Um, I think, if, like I said earlier, if, if we play like we did against Brentford and create those chances, uh, we're going to score against teams weaker than Brentford. Uh, but I also can't see us keeping a clean sheet um, at the moment, so uh, I think we'd stick with 2-1. Oh, two one one nil. I'm gonna go two nil. Um, I actually can see us uh, keeping a clean sheet for a change. Um, I feel like Neil Warnock's gonna saw better Nelly's gloves up, and we should be all right. And it needs uh, two. <laughs> come on, come on, Bets. You're better than this. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go two one. Two nil. Sorry, I just think that we'll have the quality there. I'm hoping Dale Fry's back. If he is, then we'll be look look a lot more balanced at the back. And I think we'll, uh, I think we'll do the biz. You know, I've seen, a, I've seen enough in the, the Brentford game to go. We have something um, mm. to to get get something against the, the low quality sides, but also, can we go up? I don't think the quality is just, just yeah, yeah, yet. Um, but the, I don't know. Let's, I just hope we went, we went to nil, and I can pull further ahead in the in our predictions. Oh, um, but that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for joining me as always, and thank you for li- for the listeners as well for listening to us. We hope you really enjoyed it as well. Um, but that's pretty much it. Boris form needs to change if they make it to the playoffs. But Neil Warnock believes the Boris season is set to start next weekend, and we're hoping to close the gap, get the points, and maybe a playoff push. Um, but if we do that, we're doing the Congo to the. Uh, we're doing the. <laughs> we're doing the Congo to the Congo. Uh, uh, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't. I was, I was laughing at my own joke there. Um, but if we do, we might get a Congo to the Congo. This has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that is all the matchday chatter in a pod of the Borough Breakdown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 